0: Thank you for choosing to listen to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. Each of these messages were given by various faculty, staff, and friends of Emmaus Bible College. To view each series as a whole or for more information about similar Emmaus ministries, please visit concerninghim.com. Welcome back to the next section in the book of James. Today we're going to be looking at chapter 1, verses 19 to 21. He specifically addresses the issue of anger and emotions that are not honoring to the Lord in this section. Remember, the overwhelming concern of James is that being like Christ demonstrates that we have been truly changed by Christ. And responding to God in true faith through right belief produces right actions. For James, our words and actions are very important in demonstrating a genuine understanding and a saving faith in our Savior. So let's look at the text. James chapter 1 verses 19 to 21 says understand this my dear brothers and sisters let every person be quick to listen slow to speak and slow to anger for human anger does not accomplish God's righteousness so put away all filth and evil excess and humbly welcome the message implanted within you which is able to save your souls James's point here sets up the next section of the book through the end of the chapter It addresses and challenges internal motivation and belief that comes out in wicked behavior. Furthermore, it is this line of thinking that carries us to chapter 2 regarding their practice of discrimination and prejudiced treatment of others in the church. The disappointing and embarrassing reality about this area of the Christian life is that our external words, expressions, and behavior are reflective of what is actually going on inside of us. These external things are manifested from internal struggles that we experience and are fighting in our flesh in the habits and patterns lingering from our sin nature. Our old sin nature is dead and has been crucified with Christ. It's powerless, but we struggle following its old ways. This appears to be a central problem for some among the audience of James's letter. Primarily, that we struggle in these areas not because we're evil, wicked people, for we have been redeemed, changed by Christ. Rather, it's a fundamental matter of refusing those old habits and choosing to live life abundantly in accordance with the crown of life that we've been given. The Apostle Paul says in Galatians 5, 13-17, For you were called to freedom, brothers and sisters, Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity to indulge your flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law can be summed up in a single commandment, namely, you must love your neighbor as yourself. However, if you continually bite and devour one another, Paul says, beware that you are not consumed by one another. But I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. For the flesh has desires that are opposed to the Spirit. And the spirit has desires that are opposed to the flesh. For these are in opposition to each other, so that you cannot do what you want. You see, Paul has a profound truth here in light of our subject. This truth is very important for us in that the reality of what Christ has done in his death and resurrection has caused a radical change in us. That those who believe in Jesus as Savior and baptized by his Holy Spirit, are made a new creation in Galatians 3.23. Jesus has taken the wrath and just judgment of God on our behalf, restored us to God, and changed us before God so that we can now be like God. Specifically, this point is clear in Galatians 5, verses 22 to 26, a little further on in the chapter. You see, we are to walk in and live by the Spirit as we just heard before this section. And this is really key. We can't expect to show Christ-likeness if we are always allowing the habit of our sinful flesh to take over and pour out of us. The spiritual discipline of godly character is simply resisting the temptation of ungodliness and ungodly desires and the temptations of our lives and choosing the character of Christ in us. In Christ, the character of God is implanted within us. This character and nature of God in Christ should now be lived out through us. We're newly created. We're new creatures. The message saves our souls and changes us. So the message or the word of Christ can help us to live out these changes as God's changed people. But unfortunately, however, I think anger and loose lips are a more systemic and destructive problem in us because we're deceived by the world into thinking, much of our behavior, words, and in this case, our anger, is justified. James is so brilliantly setting up the royal law of love for his readers and for us here that we'll get to shortly. That if we're not careful and wise with our emotions and words, that we can actually end up deceiving ourselves and believing we're acting like Christ in our anchor when in fact we are doing everything but acting like him. This is a serious issue, in my opinion, amongst modern Christians. So how does this look? Before we dive into this, let me remind us of some important truths about the deception of the heart. Proverbs 4, verses 23 to 24 says, Guard your heart with all of vigilance, for from it are the sources of life. Remove perverse speech from your mouth. Keep devious talk far from your lips. Proverbs 16, 12 to 14 says, Doing wickedness is an abomination to kings because the throne is established in righteousness, God's throne. The delight of a king or our king is righteous counsel and he will love the one who speaks uprightly. Jeremiah seventeen nine through 10 says, The human mind is more deceitful than anything else. It is incurably bad. Who can understand it? The Lord probes into people's minds. I examine people's hearts. I deal with each person according to how he has behaved. I give them what they deserve based on what they have done. And lastly, in Matthew 15, verses 17 to 20, Jesus says, Don't you understand that whatever goes into the mouth enters the stomach and then passes out into the sewer? But the things that come out of the mouth come from the heart. And these things defile a person. For out of the heart comes evil ideas, murder, adultery, sexual morality, theft, false testimony, and lying, slander. These are the things that defile a person. It is not eating with unwashed hands that defile a person. Again, the reality about this area in terms of our hearts is that our external words, expressions, and behaviors are simply reflections of what is actually going on inside of us already. Simply put, The battle of the flesh, i.e. anger, gossip, and a critical spirit, is fought and either won or lost before anything is ever expressed externally in our lives. So how do we fall into the trap of unrighteous anger? We should remember that the natural bent of our hearts and minds are to think along the lines of human justice and fairness. When we see people doing wrong things and saying unkind things, we struggle to turn to them in love grace and help them see the error of their folly and instead we become angry and we tend to turn to judgment and judging them maybe even gossiping about them and in the deeper parts of our hearts we really want to punish them and i want to ask the question is this the law of love and grace that the gospel uses to recreate us in christ not at all Instead, it's a way of thinking and pattern of emotions that looks more like the old sinful nature that was crucified with Christ. It's how the world thinks and behaves. Retaliation and wanting to judge others is not Christ-likeness. It's not really godly justice. We will be exploring what Christ-likeness looks like in the coming chapters of James. As he addresses loving our neighbor. I think we can learn a key lesson from James's audience in this area of ungodly anger that can be disguised as righteous anger. From the audience of James, could it be that their perspective was that those who were being mistreated and abused were responding in anger? Could it be that the temptations, trials, and suffering that they were experiencing were being met with anger, resentment, and bitterness towards those who were using their riches, possibly, and status against them? Because maybe... The reason they were being treated unfairly was because they were poor. This is the great temptation of the poor and oppressed. It's not always or necessarily riches and material things for them. Rather, it's feeling a sense of injustice and unfairness. Again, how can sin be justified in responding to sin? How can anger, bitterness, and resentment be justified in responding to greed, discrimination, and social arrogance? It doesn't fit in God's way of thinking, but yet this seems to be what they were doing. Similar to the love of riches, this type of thinking and behavior and righteous anger simply doesn't fit with the character and nature of God. So what are the reasons that we get angry and respond to injustice with more unrighteousness? What are our motivations for the reason, cause, and topics that cause great anger in us? Could it be the issues of cultural patterns, governmental policies, changes that challenge our preferences, changes that challenge and threaten our comforts? Could it be the laws of our land or individual rights that have been afforded us? Could these be the things that spark anger and disunity in us? And better yet, can we disagree on these things so strongly that we will sin in our anger in addressing them? And at what cost? Are these things ultimately righteous? Are we causing division and destroying the unity and ability to care for fellow Christians and our ability to love one another amidst our anger? Even more so, are we ruining our witness as the world gazes upon us in our disunity and lack of kindness and love towards one another? Now, don't get me wrong. I think we should fight for injustice. I think we should care for the broken and defenseless. I think we should show compassion and love and defend and lift up those who are broken and disenfranchised, but not at the expense of truly showing Christ to one another. The remedy that James gives us for righteous anger are supernatural things. Remember he says to be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to anger. Verse 20. These aren't natural responses for unchanged people. However, they should become normal natural responses for changed people. We don't do these things intuitively and we need help. The kind of help that only God can give and supply. In fact, Ephesians 4 verses 25 to 26 powerfully says, Therefore, having laid aside falsehood, each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, because we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin, and do not let the sun go down on the cause of your anger. You see, this premise is simple. If you're angry... Don't act out on it in sinful ways. Don't respond in kind to others who sin against you. Speak truth and love to others because we are united in Christ. We're part of the same church, His body. Don't allow your anger to fester and grow night after night, day after day, allowing your anger and resentment towards others grow layer after layer to where you forget who you are and who they are before Christ. For this doesn't accomplish God's righteous purposes, as James has said in chapter 1, verse 20. Put away all filth, i.e. anger, and evil excess, he says, i.e. the love of money, and obey the message of the gospel that saves our souls, that is implanted in us as part of us, as we're changed. Again, I must say, wow! James encourages his audience to put away these things. What does this expression mean to put away? It simply means to put off or put aside, to put down. The opposite of this is what Paul exhorts his audience to do in Ephesians 4, verses 22 to 24. He says, we are taught with reference to your former way of life, to lay aside the old man who is being corrupted in accordance with deceitful desires, to be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and to put on the new man who has been created in God's image, in righteousness, Paul says, and in holiness that comes from truth. This expression "put on" here in Ephesians 4 literally means to put on like clothing. So we are called to take off the garment of anger and of the flesh, and love of riches, and put on the garment of Christ's likeness. This is the remedy that James and Paul offers as a response to the Christians who struggle with their sin against one another. More so, that we must address our internal thoughts, motivations, and emotions, discipline ourselves to follow after Christ, and allow Him to live through us in our external responses and conduct. Thank you for listening to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. This ministry is possible because of the generous contributions from our partners around the world. For more information about partnering with us, please visit emmaus.edu partner.